Are you trying to squeeze the starting solid food stuff into your already busy schedule? Well, I have an all-in-one done-for-you solution that's going to take the guesswork out of feeding your baby. My online program is called Baby Led Weaning with Katie Ferraro. It contains all of my baby led weaning training videos, the original 100 First Foods content library, plus a 100-day meal plan with recipes like the exact sequence of which foods to feed in which order. So if you want to stop trying to piece all this feeding stuff together on your own, I would be honored if you would join me inside of the program. You can get signed up at babyledweaning.co slash program. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So if you made a pesto using some pumpkin seeds, a little bit of olive oil, and then spread it onto some roasted vegetables, it's a really nice way of getting some added extra nutrition in on top of the food that you're giving your baby. Hey there, I'm Katie Ferraro, registered dietitian, college nutrition professor, and mom of seven specializing in baby led weaning. Here on the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast, I help you strip out all of the noise and nonsense about feeding leaving you with the confidence and knowledge you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods using baby-led weaning. Hey guys, welcome back. Now, I know a lot of you struggle with baby-led weaning at the beginning because you worry about choking. So if you've learned anything about baby-led weaning, it's that dry foods, particularly dry protein foods and dry carbohydrate or bready starchy foods can certainly be a choking hazard for your baby. So what do you do? We say, okay, you want to use a sauce or a dipper or a topper to moisten things up because moisture equates to reduced choking risk. And then parents are like, okay, but what kind of sauces? If you go to the store, a lot of the commercial sauces that you can buy will have way too much sodium for babies to eat for baby led weaning. So then the alternative is make your own sauces. And then parents are like, oh, now I have to make my own food and make my own sauces. Like this is all way too much. I don't want you guys to get overwhelmed by the idea of making your baby sauces. If you're not super proficient in the kitchen, please don't worry. Sauces are one of the easiest things to make. And so today I am so excited to be joined on the podcast by my good friend, Eileen Cox Blundell. Now, Eileen is on social at Baby Led Feeding. She's got an amazing community where she cooks and shares recipes and ideas on how to make food safe for babies to eat with baby led weaning. She's written two cookbooks. She's the author of the Baby Led Feeding Cookbook and the Baby Friendly Family Cookbook, both of which are packed with recipes for baby led weaning. They're two of my favorite resources. I'm gonna link to those in the show notes for this episode if you guys go to blwpodcast.com. But Eileen's gonna be sharing some specific tips about making sauces and making sauces work for baby led weaning. So be sure to check out the show notes in this episode for the actual recipes for some of the sauces she's mentioning. And I've also created a free download for you guys for this particular episode that's all about sauces. And I'll be sharing five additional sauce recipes so that by like the end of today, if you listen to the episode, if you go to the show notes, you will have access to a number of different sauces that you can start using and easily preparing for your baby to make those dry foods safer. Plus, it kind of helps with the rest of your family. If you're enjoying the same foods your baby eats, 
having some sauces that you can spice and kick up a little bit, you can always add salt after, will kind of make that whole process of having your baby be able to eat the same foods the rest of the family eats, it will make it all seamless and totally doable. So with no further ado, I want to introduce you to Eileen Cox Blundell from Baby Led Feeding. She is here to talk about sauces and dippers and toppers and how they can make foods safe for baby led weaning. Well, hi, Eileen. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. It's so nice to chat to you again. I know it's been a while. So you're in Ireland. I'm in San Diego. We've done some cooking demos and stuff together in the past. This is your first time joining me on the podcast. So this is like really exciting. I love podcasts. So this is great. (laughs) All right. Now, the topic for today is about dips and sauces. And we're going to get into that in a second. But could you just back us up and tell everybody, you know, how did you get into the world of baby led feeding? Like what led you to this place? So my little boy, Oscar, when he was about maybe five months old, I watched a really good documentary by Jamie Oliver um, in relation to nutrition and kids. And I felt like I had to do something to make a change. And I was just a moment trying to think like how I could make a difference. And I started like changing a little bit and terms of like how we ate at home and um Oscar started weaning and I started taking pictures of the amazing food I was feeding him and making up my own like really cool recipes with kale and spinach and just really trying to get like really good nutritious food into him as much as possible and it was just such an amazing time and I took so many funny pictures and so many lovely pictures of food and I shared them with my mom when he was about maybe a year old And I said to my mom, like, I'm going to put these together. And when he's 21, I'm going to give it to him as like this book of his memories as a kid. And this is the kind of food that I fed you. And my mom said, I really think that this would be something that other people might get great benefit out of because there's lots of parents out there who can't get their kids to eat kale hummus or can't get their kids to eat a sweet potato. And if they felt that somebody who was a mom was able to guide them and help them, then that would be really amazing. So I sent a book proposal to a publisher and the publisher was like, who the hell are you? I don't have a clue who you are. Uh, Come back when you have some sort of a following. So I set up a Facebook page, set up a website. And in the space of about four days, I had about 4,000 people following me from all over the world, from America and Africa and Australia. Like it was just insane. And it just kept growing and growing and growing. After about... I'd say maybe four months, that was up to like 10,000. And now it's like 80,000. So it's gone like incrementally bigger and bigger and bigger. So on Facebook, it's 80,000, another 80,000 on Instagram. And I get about maybe 60 or 70,000 people to my website every month, checking out like baby recipes. And I've kind of positioned myself in a place where I'm always going to be surrounded by the cutest people I know it's like not a bad place to be, right? Yeah. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industry shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Okay. And so then you went on to write the book. So did you go back to the same publisher and was like, okay, now I'm showing up with my audience and they need to listen to yes. you? Well, how did so that work? Then I, I think after about maybe four months after they had said, go and set up a website or set up a little Facebook page. They said a little Facebook page, go set up a little Facebook page and see what happens and see if there's some kind of appetite for it. After four months, I got back in touch with them and said, since I last spoke to you, I have been in the newspapers, I've been on TV, I've done all of this amazing stuff, and I have 10,000 people following my page in four months, which is pretty incredible. And I signed my book contract the following week. So it was pretty quick. And I got introduced to you because Oscar is a little bit older than my quadruplet. So you had already published the first book, The Baby Led Feeding Cookbook when I was like looking for resources, like, okay, I'm interested in learning how to do baby led weaning because I struggled a ton with spoon feeding my oldest. Then I had quadruplets and I was like, I'm going to do baby led weaning, but there weren't a ton of resources out there. So your book was like the Bible to me. And I absolutely love, love, loved your book. And I've been using it ever since. I recommend it all the time. It's on Amazon. I'm going to be sure to link to it in the show notes. But you have a second book as well, which is the Baby Friendly Family Cookbook. I mean, is there a difference between the books? So both books have recipes in them for baby led weaning. But what I did with the second book was I took all of the questions that I I had received in relation to the first book and the things that I could have improved with it, like having a meal plan or having some sort of symbols that signified whether recipes were freezer friendly, lunchbox friendly and baby led weaning friendly, because they were the questions I got asked all the time on the first book. And It was the first time I had done a book, so it was a complete learning curve for me. So the second book, I made sure that all of those questions were answered. I kept a spreadsheet and I added things to it. I'm I've terrible OCD when it comes to (laughs) it's why we're friends, Eileen. I also have terrible OCD. (laughs) But also I think in the second book, it has American recipe equivalents, right? Conversions. Yeah. Yeah, that was a huge thing for me in my first book because my publisher was supposed to send the book and try to get it into the US and then it never happened. But your book is super popular here. The first book, I mean, it's so big. You can buy it on Amazon. It just, you have to look up how to do the conversions or you weigh something. It's not like a huge deal. I mean, I use it all the time. I guess I didn't even realize. I wanted to create that version of the book as a US version that would have the conversions in it, but it just never, it never happened, unfortunately. I'm like, I brought out the second book thinking if I have those conversions in there, it will make it a little bit easier. But my publisher didn't bring them out over there. So I think if I'm if I am going to do another book, I'd like to do it with a U.S. publisher. So that's my aim. If there's anybody listening. (laughs) So, Eileen, one of the areas that's a real sticking point for parents are sauces. So we always say feeding dry foods like dry proteins and dry vegetables. You can't feed dry foods to babies. Dry foods are choking hazards. The more moisture we can add, we reduce the choking risk. So I always say, you know, pancakes, we got to top them with a dipper or a sauce or a topper. Give us some basic ideas on sauces because I think it's such a pain point for parents. They don't know how to make sauces because commercial sauces have too much salt in them for babies. Absolutely. So in terms of snacking kind of sauce, even kind of going to breakfast, I would have done like preloaded spoons with yogurt. So that's kind of saucy. I would put in some mashed fruit into it so that Um, you're still being able to kind of get your baby to pick up food with a spoon and kind of feed themselves, um, or you can hand them a preloaded spoon. Um, When it came to lunchtime, sauces were my savior food. I love sauces for lunchtime because you can pack so much goodness into sauce. 
Um, like for example, pesto. If you made like a really nice pesto with spinach leaves, spinach leaves are really high in vitamin C and iron and really good for children. So if you made a pesto using um, some spinach leaves and some pumpkin seeds, a little bit of olive oil, and then spread it onto little fingers sized kind of strips of uh, say bread, or else you can even put it on some roasted vegetables. It's a really nice way of getting some added extra nutrition in on top of the food that you're giving your baby. So I'd even put like pesto, stir it into a muffin. So if I was baking a muffin in the oven, I'd put a teaspoon of of, uh, pesto in on top of it. The savory muffins, obviously say cheese one, put some uh, pesto in on top of it, give it a little stir around, and then you can kind of bake it. And it has a little bit of a sauce kind of texture to the inside of it then when your baby is eating it. The other thing was really good um, was hummus. Um, We made hummus all the time. Hummus is a great recipe that you can give to your baby because you can, again, pack lots of good nutritious ingredients into hummus. So you'd make your base recipe for hummus. Then I added in everything I could possibly think of. I roasted kale or blanched kale and put some kale in. I made spinach hummus, beetroot hummus, sweet potato, like any combination of vegetables I could possibly think of. I even did like roasted broccoli hummus like just to try and get more goodness in. Then if you're making things like if you're making, say, sweet potato little fries where sweet potato spears in the oven, you can spread some hummus on them when they're gone cold, gone cool. Or you can as well spread hummus onto some brown bread or onto a little piece of brown bread. So at least if your baby is looking for a snack, you're giving them something really super nutritious. And I like that you're offering some ideas about dairy-free sauces, because a lot of our parents, like I always, for pancakes, I kind of default to ricotta cheese because ricotta is low in sodium. Ricotta is nice way to make pancakes softer, but for families that don't eat dairy, either because they're vegan or the baby's allergic to dairy foods, they do need some options that are dairy-free. Absolutely. And like I make pancakes, I make a version of pancakes that like vegan pancake and I'll put flaxseed in instead of egg. And then just use like a coconut milk. We get a really good uh, coconut milk here that's fortified with vitamins and calcium. So that's pretty good. So at least for cooking purposes, or if you're using like a soya milk for cooking purposes, that's totally fine to be using something like that. And then just spread your nice sauce on top of the pancake and cut it and give it to your baby to eat like that. It's a perfect little finger food for them. Do you find it hard to sleep at night? then the Calm Cove podcast can help you sleep deeply all night long. Calm Cove has deeply relaxing meditation music and ambient sounds like ocean waves and crackling fires. All of our episodes are designed to help you relax and to fall asleep fast. Calm Cove is brought to you by the team behind Sleep Cove, the sleep podcast that consists of spoken word hypnosis, meditation and stories. So if you want to listen to a beautiful soundscape tonight, search for Calm Cove on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and see how we're helping millions of people relax and go to sleep every night. What would you do for fish? Because fish can be one, especially if you're doing like a white flaky fish that can be kind of dry. Again, we don't want those dry pieces of protein getting potentially stuck on the roof of the baby's mouth or it's pretty challenging for them to clear it from their airway. What sort of sauce goes well with a fish? 
So there's three different sauces I always make with fish. So the first one would be pesto. Pesto and fish is delicious, especially white flaky fish. You can cut your fish into little chunks, even roll it in a tiny little bit of flour or dip it in egg first, roll it in flour, and then you're either baking it in the oven or frying it in a little bit of olive oil on the pan until it's nice and kind of cooked the whole way through. And then just spread your pesto on top. The other way I would cook a sauce for fish would be some unsalted butter um, with a little bit of lemon juice into it and a little like a, a shaving of like lemon zest on top of that. And then chopped fresh parsley, put chopped fresh parsley into it because you're not using salt in your baby's food ever. So I would never put salt into baby food. But what I would do is always make sure you're seasoning with like really nice fresh herbs. Fresh herbs are amazing. And they're also really nutritious as well. So it's a really good way of adding lots of flavor in without adding in lots of salt. I love that. Or a tomato-based sauce. So you could do a tomato-based sauce as well. I like a reduced tomato sauce. The longer you leave the lid off the pan and the steam reduces from your sauce mixture and um, evaporates, your sauce will start to thicken up. You can use an unsalted tomato puree or you can also make a white cheesy sauce as well, which is really nice. It's messy, but like you have to embrace the mess, I think, when it comes to baby led weaning anyway. So you're in this, you have to do it, like get a, a bib that you can wipe your baby down and don't be worrying about sauce because it's a great way of getting lots of goodness into your kids, I think. So Eileen, from your book and from your books, rather, are there any particular sauces or recipes that you could share with us that parents maybe didn't think that babies could eat, but go great for baby led weaning? Okay, so both of these are from my second book. So the first one is Easy Peasy Basil and Spinach Pesto. It's a super sauce and it can be added on to all roasted vegetables. It can be used warm. It can be used cold. You can put it onto pasta. And um, when your baby starts eating pasta, you can put it into potatoes. It's It just goes well with absolutely everything. And it's really easy and handy to make. Plus you can freeze it, which is also super great. I think when, especially when it comes to having things prepared. And then the second one would be the best ever curry in a hurry sauce. Um, we're huge fans of curry in our house and my kids all love Asian food and love the like spices in their diet. It's not spicy. It's just flavorsome. So it has like garlic in it and coriander and cumin, turmeric, nothing that's like burn your tongue spicy, but very flavorsome. And it's a really good way of introducing lots of spices into your baby's diet. But there's in a very kind of mild way and um, the thing I'd say as well about about sauce recipes is to freeze them, put them into an ice cube tray and just put a couple of teaspoons into the ice cube tray, cover it and put it into the freezer, let them freeze. And then you can pop them out of the little container and put them into a freezer bag and label them. And then when you're really busy and you want sauce in a hurry and you have a little bag of pasta already pre-made, all you have to do is take one of these out of the freezer because there's no dairy in them, you can defrost them from the freezer straight away. So you don't have to take them out and let them defrost for a few hours beforehand. You can take them out and use them straight from frozen. So if you've cooked a pasta sauce, for example, or if you've cooked a, a little bowl of pasta for your baby and you have like six or seven little pieces of pasta and you want a little bit of sauce to go with it, all you have to do is go to your freezer, take out a little ice cube of your curry and hurry sauce or your pesto sauce or your tomato 
and basil sauce. And then you just take it out of the freezer and pop it into the bowl, stick it in the microwave covered. And it just defrosts in like 30 seconds to 60 seconds, super quick, and then just stir it in. Um, and it's a great way of having really good food really quick without having to stand at your kitchen cooker. And I know like, cause I think it's overwhelming to parents. Like, wait, I have to make this food. Then I have to make a sauce, but it is true. Like I always try to find commercial options, but because again, my audience is like yours really global. Like my grocery store in San Diego, what we have, it doesn't make sense for me to recommend a brand because they also tend to be really expensive for what they are. And then they tend to have too much sodium or added sugar. So one thing I love about your recipes, Eileen, is that they are totally appropriate for baby led weaning. They don't have any added salt, or if they do, it's such a small amount that it's completely less than you would find in commercial products, but they also have a lot of flavor. And some parents are, you know, they're scared to feed their babies flavors, but I always remind parents like, listen, your baby's been exposed to the flavors that you were eating via your amniotic fluid when you were pregnant, via your breast milk, when you're breastfeeding, like all you're doing is continuing this flavor experience for your baby. But the sauces are what, like you can make a totally boring white fish if you've got a cool sauce on top of it, A, the rest of the family will want to eat it, but it's such a great way to expose your baby to new flavors as well. So I'll be sure to link to all of those recipes that Eileen was um, sharing, as well as the books is where you can get more in the show notes for this episode if you guys go to blwpodcast.com. I think as well, like having, having things in your freezer, like even if you have a tablespoon of sauce left over from a family dinner, providing there's no salt in it, like the only time I would have any salt in anything that I cook is when I add cheese in because cheese has salt naturally. Nothing else would have salt in it, really. But if you even have a tablespoon of sauce left over from your dinner that you've cooked, keep it and then get your little tray in the freezer, pop that sauce into it, cover it and just leave it there. And then you have this like mix mash of like different sauces for different days. Definitely. Put them in a little freezer bag. And you have to label it though, because I can never see what it is. I'm like, wonder, wonder what that was. Yeah. Okay, so Eileen, thank you for this fabulous information about sauces. Tell us where can we go to learn more about your recipes, your books, all of your content? So my new website has just gone live and it's babyledfeeding.com. And you can follow me on Instagram at babyledfeeding or on Facebook at babyledfeeding. Just search babyledfeeding and you'll find me. I'll pop up somewhere there. Um, but yeah, so you can follow my recipes and share and make them for your babies. And if you need any help or questions along the way, I'm always open and chatting to people all the time. So um, feel free to message me and have a chat. Well, thanks so much, Eileen. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Katie. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that episode with Eileen Cox Blundell. Again, she's on social at Baby Led Feeding. Tons of great inspiration for baby led weaning recipes, including a lot of different sauces. So I really loved learning just a few more tips about making sauces feasible for BLW. And I'm going to go ahead and link to a few of the recipes that she mentioned from her books in the show notes for this episode. If you guys go to blwpodcast.com forward slash 134, they will be there. And I'm also going to put a link to a free download that I have with some additional sauces recipes that work well for baby led weaning. So you are like totally equipped to start using more sauces in your baby-led weaning kitchen. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next time. Bye now. From the terrifying power of tornadoes to sizzling summer temperatures, AccuWeather Daily brings you the top trending weather-related story of the day, seven days a week. 
You can learn a lot in just a few minutes with stories about impending hurricanes, winter storms, or even what not to miss in the night sky. So listen and subscribe to AccuWeather Daily wherever you get your podcasts. That's AccuWeather Daily wherever you get your podcasts.